how people interact with the world can sometimes be so subtle and produce exciting memories. Those interactions can be with people or often animals. Coming up are three reflections on close encounters. From Berlin, Coney Island and L.A. That first week of social distancing, Squeaky looked at me like, when are you leaving? Now she yells at me to get up, get her a snack, make her a cat cave out of blankets on the bed, make myself useful and rub her forehead, scratch her neck. We named her Squeaky because of all the noise, the way she sounded like a mentally unstable person shouting expletives at you. She bears her tiny little fangs, like some feline Manson girl. Cats are murder machines, killing more birds around the world than anything else. But Squeaky is an indoor cat, never been outside except for those first three weeks when she lived on her own, curled up in a five-ounce ball of black fur beneath the bank ATM. Instincts die hard, and I wonder if when she rubs up against my legs, if she is merely tenderizing me, practicing her homicidal skills. Squeaky is nothing like her sister Peeps, who talked to you, not at you. We had to put Peeps down when she was twenty. She was a good cuddler. Squeaky, not so much. She stands on my chest like one of those hunters with their foot on a felled wildlife trophy. The claws she never lets me trim dig into my skin. I tried to push her down into a cuddle. It's just me now, not we anymore. Squeaky rests her paws on my sternum, wet nose inches away. No social distancing for us. I notice there are gray hairs around her eyes now. I remember she'll turn twenty in two months. She sniffs the tear that slides onto my lip, then falls asleep and purrs. One time at Coney Island with some friends, we all lined up to take the cyclone. That is, some of us did, and the others stayed at the ticket hut by the fence and said, Have fun. Are you sure you want to do it? And you're crazy. The four of us that were crazy went through the line with the yelling hyper children and parents looking nervous trying not to show it. And when the roller coaster rolled in and everybody scrambled off all exhilarated or relieved or both, I was standing next to this woman, Anna. She was a bit on the heavy side. Not fat, fat, but definitely plush. I didn't know her that well, but she was part of our group and hey, do you want to ride together? Sure. So we got in and it was a nice tight fit on those old cracked red leather seats because her extra width filled up the space nicely. Really snug. Actually at the time I didn't think about it that much because the anticipatory fear verging on panic was starting to take over. What the hell am I doing? This is crazy. Up and up with the Atlantic ahead and the projects off to the left, smiling and biting my lip, bracing my legs against the floorboards with my body pressed up against Anna. Tick, tick, tick. And then that pause before going down, screaming and through the curves, lurching all over and into the tunnel where you think, Jesus, we're all going to be decapitated. But we weren't. And at the end, Anna and I laughed, feeling so alive. Let's do it again. So we did. I never saw her after that, but the next year I rode the cyclone again with a woman who was much skinnier than Anna, and as we lurched through the curves banging into each other, our elbows and knees gouging and our sharp angular limbs and bones banging each other, it was fun alright, but not quite as luxuriously soft and comfortable as that one time. Even though I haven't seen Anna in five years, whenever I go to Coney Island I think about tracking her down and asking her if she'd like to ride the cyclone together again. I'm on the far outskirts of town, last stop on the train, 
It's Wednesday afternoon. I'm teaching German to preschool kids. They're between four and six years old. In our blue-green classroom, they learn the basics. Ich heiße, my name is. Wie geht's dir? How are you? Heimat, home. We're prepping them to pass the test to get to the next school level. They play and giggle and wrestle like normal children, but these kids on a nonverbal level already know much more complicated words. Words like culture shock, diaspora, war. We go around the room asking each child how many siblings they have. A Syrian girl says that she only has a sister now, since her brother was recently killed. These are Germany's Geflüchtete, refugees, mainly from the Middle East. They are the lucky ones. They got out. Adorably cute little Mohammed grabs his things to leave for the day. He points to the bright red and yellow map on the wall and says something in Arabic. Auf Deutsch bitte, we say. In German, please. He hesitates a second, remembers, and says, Heimat, and runs to his smiling, weary father at the classroom's open door. That was Open Door by Mike Truppiano, Plush by Jaco Wayland, and Squeaky by L. Johnson. Next month on Wednesday's 3 p.m., the podcast will bring you stories about the pandemic. <laughs>